Hey everyone, and welcome to this very special, very different episode of Professor Labs podcast. And I say that for a couple of reasons. First of which is that um, I wanted to talk a little bit about how it seems as if now it is finally official that most universities, at least in the state in which I will teach, will be transitioning to online learning due to the coronavirus pandemic that we're currently facing. And why this is a weird episode and a weird issue is because I literally got confirmation of that uh, announcement of the governor uh, maybe five minutes before I hit record here. And usually I plan out these episodes pretty thoroughly ahead. I, I write an outline, I sit on it for a day or two, and then I come back and edit it. The problem with that format for an episode like this is that the situation changes almost, uh, I don't know, certainly daily, if not by the hour. So I figured um, since it does seem as if many of the schools that, you know, people I know teach at in college are switching to online courses for the remainder of the semester due to this virus. Um, I might as well do an episode now because it, it again, where it's not official yet, it certainly seems like it's headed in that direction. And again, it's sort of funny because I sat down assuming that we would probably get this announcement. And again, literally like five minutes before I hit record, boom, email saying that after spring break, courses would be online. Now, this is, a, again, a very bizarre situation. I mean, I, I've been in situations before where, of course, classes canceled for uh, sometimes relatively extended periods. I think the longest I ever remember um, was about almost 10 years ago now um, in New here in New York when Superstorm Sandy hit, uh, which, you know, many uh, listeners in the northeastern United States, I'm sure, remember because it was such a big deal um, in terms of its effects. And I was actually a grad student at the time, but uh, I think I was teaching one course and we closed down for at least a week. I think it was close to 10 days or something like that. In that case, it was weird because we sort of knew that we were coming back. Whereas in this situation, obviously, it's much more uncertain exactly when and how we will come back uh, to teach in-person classes. Now, I should disclaimer before I continue because I know that other instructors listen to this podcast that I know, and even other students, uh, whether former or current students of mine, listen to this podcast. So I will say that I know nothing more than you know, <laughs> uh, nor do I have any inside insider information or insight to share. So if you're here to try to get, you know, a, a scoop or something like that, I, you know, uh, I wish I had something more to tell you, but unfortunately I don't. So all I can say is what I've been told, which is the same that uh, all other faculty and students have been told at this point, which again, as of a few minutes ago, is that uh, I believe starting after spring break um, this semester, classes will switch online. Again, it's much more complicated than that because you obviously have all of these extenuating circumstances where, you know, some work needs to be done in person, you know, particularly at the school that I teach. Um, it's a big STEM school, science school. So there's many students who have in-person labs and that type of work that needs to be done in person. So I think it's very complicated in terms of uh, even the delivery of this type of news, right? Like, all right, well, which classes are going to be held remotely? But it certainly seems in my case, as somebody who teaches writing, um, that we will be moving to online classes as per the announcement. And so, you know, that's not the worst thing, as I've already assured my students. You know, I'm in a very fortunate position where 
I, you know, I should clarify that I prefer to teach and to teach writing in person. However, I already teach online classes, uh, particularly in between semesters during summer and winter session. So it's something that I'm familiar with. Um, and again, I've assured my students that and that the format of a writing class can certainly be done remotely online. There's a lot of tools out there. And I think in the coming days, you're going to see a lot more discussion on social media um, about, you know, the different tools and, and different resources that both teachers and students can use uh, in, a, in a bizarre situation like this. You know, again, to me, sort of the weird thing is the fact that we're switching midway through the semester. You know, it's one thing to start a semester going and planning for it to be all either in person or remotely conducted. But to kind of transfer mid-semester again, it just sort of uh, it, it makes things a little um, more confusing, I think. Uh, and some of the work that you were planning on is not as easily transferable. So the example I give, and I already started to explain to my students uh, proactively earlier this week, because again, I couldn't tell them whether or not classes would actually be moved online because I had no clarification on that. But I sort of, <laughs> I, I kind of joked to them that like I should probably become a politician or something because the way I phrased it is that um, in hypothetically speaking, if we were to go to online classes, since you are asking, this is what we would do, right? Not that we are or that we will, but I'm just saying hypothetically, um, you know, these are some of the issues that we should talk about now, since this might be, as far as I can tell, the last time that we meet in person to discuss these issues and um, answer any questions that you guys might have. So as an example, you know, the, the one of the big things was that I keep, um, I make my students keep physical writing journals in our classes, whether uh, actually both in my freshman composition classes, as well as my upper division writing classes. And the reason why I do that is basically they record, um, they write down um, in-class writing responses, usually at the beginning of class. But sometimes, you know, as we're doing lectures and, you know, I have them do activities or complete responses, whatever the case may be, and they hand that in at the end of the semester. I make them keep these hard copy journals rather than um, just type on their laptops for a variety of reasons. Uh, some of which are pedagogical in terms of the focus and the investment of having a physical journal to, you know, sort of um, take take as a, a serious thing that is yours and your your responsibility to not lose and, you know, respect and put work into. The other of which, as I tell them at the beginning of the semester, is because, you know, if I let them use laptops, they all inevitably wind up twitching, um, which for those of you who don't know is a video game streaming platform where people can watch other people play video games essentially um, or doing other work you know for other classes um, which again it's like this gets into a whole other pedagogical discussion about like well you know how much do we force students to you know focus and, and that sort of thing for my purposes in my classes I just find it's easier you have the physical journal you can't use laptops um, unless I specifically say, which sometimes I do if we're actually working on projects in class or assignments in class that require laptops. Um, so it works much better to keep their focus and keep their attention for the type of work that I do. Now, again, when I do regular full semesters, we just have these physical writing journals. However, when I do um, intercession online classes, obviously there is no physical component to that. So instead, it's the opposite. I have them keep what I call 
electronic journals or e-journals, which essentially just a fancy way of saying Word document where you um, complete all your you know responses. You use those to complete our discussion board posts and then you know other types of collaboration, and then you submit it at the end of the semester electronically as a assignment document. Pretty simple in that case as well. The problem, again, is midpoint through the semester, we're just about halfway through, all of a sudden, hey, you're not, you might not see these students anymore, right? So they have questions about that, or more so, I sort of knew that they would have questions about that, right? So I think one of the, the most important parts for instructors in terms of you know, th this type of transition is to, as much as you can, consider the practical implications uh, for students and accommodating them to make such transitions as um, manageable as possible because, again, they have a lot else going on. You know, I, I always try to remember that I'm just teaching one class of theirs out of many, right? It's easy to lose sight of that where the work that you might be doing in your class is really important or really interesting. Um, and you really value, and of course, you know, ideally your students really value as well. But again, you know, students are taking four, sometimes five or more other courses, right? If you think back to your own education, this makes sense. It's like, you know, the, a lot of it comes down to prioritization for these students. And, you know, they only have so much time and energy and focus. So I think for my purposes, giving them clear options and, and streamlining everything as much as I can to make these types of transitions as clear and uh, manageable as possible for them is is huge for them. So what I explained to them, again, hypothetically earlier this week, if we were to switch to online classes, that they could either drop off their physical writing journals to the mailbox in the main program office, um, and then for the rest of the semester, keep an online uh, e-journal and submit that as an assignment at the end of the semester. Uh, via our online uh, platform that we use to teach classes online, which is called Blackboard. Uh, many teachers and students probably use a similar program, if not that one. Again, so they can either hand in what they've done so far in the physical journal and then just finish the rest of our semester's responses in the e-journal, or they can copy those responses from their physical journal into their e-journal and then still use that for the rest of the semester, submit at the end of the semester. They can also take pictures, paste that into the e-journal as long as it's clear and legible, those images, that's fine as well. The point that I emphasize is that all that matters is that I get that content at the end of the semester. And I think they seem to get it. Again, you know, so much of this is kind of really trial runny right now because I've never had a situation quite like this. And I think, you know, that's sort of what's maybe throwing off a lot of instructors and students right now as well as the fact that a lot of this is new uncharted territory but we will see <laughs> if these instructions are clear enough and i emphasize as well as i'm explaining these uh, transitional instructions that all of this will be clearly uh, stated and explained um, via emails and announcements as well so you know reiterate to them to keep an eye out for all of that and that we will take time to ad address and answer any questions that they have about you know, these, uh, these changes too. So that's sort of one of the big ones. The other big one for my purposes, and again, you know, that's sort of the first step I took was really identifying like, okay, what are the major changes that I have to start with? And then by restructuring my course or my assignments um, to meet the needs of the, the transfer from some of these 
um, you know, larger, larger issue, um, you know, larger areas of focus that have physical components and, and moving them to a virtual setting, uh, everything else can sort of fall into place with those considerations taken in, in, into uh, consideration, right? So that was the, the one big one, the writing journal. And then the other one is in my uh, technical writing class, which is a number division class, which were research presentations, which again, I'm still actually trying to hammer out exactly how we will do this. Um, but that's a big part of our, our semester's work towards the end of the semester is having students present the research that they've conducted and that they found. So again, you kind of have to do a little bit more research on your own. Maybe again, if this, the version of that assignment is not necessarily an assignment that you've done so far. But I think the core of the assessment of how to do that is sort of asking like, well, what did I really want them to get out of this type of assignment anyways? And you see how you can apply those, you know, sort of lessons or, you know, goals to transferring that assignment to an online setting. And again, it might not be a perfect transfer of skill sets, but there might be other skill sets that you can sort of look towards and, and think about you know, again, you might have to do some reassessing, say, with like your grading rubric or something like that, right? As well as obviously the assignment guidelines and, and you know, how those connect to the grading rubric. So there's a little bit of adjustment in that sense. And, you know, again, I haven't completely de decided yet, but I'll probably do something where I, I, you know, for my purposes, I identified, well, you know, most students, they usually use Google Slides or some form of PowerPoint. And, and you know, there's a lot that we talk about in terms of visual rhetoric and uh, how to you know, highlight certain information versus explaining other types of information. So again, these elements are still just as important. Um, but again, the, the verbal component of these presentations is going to be missing. And again, there's a way to do that if I wanted to. Um, but I have to ask, like, what is really the goal of the outcome that I want them to learn? Um, and, and, and what's the best way to actually transfer that over to uh, a virtual setting? So I'll figure that out. But I'm, I'm thinking, again, it, it's going to be more obviously of a, a text-based uh, presentation or report in that sense. Um, but again, it comes back to the same idea. Like, what did I really want them to get out of this? I think that's most important because, you know, I've already, one of the first things I asked my students earlier this week was, what have you heard so far, first of all, about all these classes going online? And second of all, like, what are your instructors doing? Like, what, what exactly is going on? I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to get into the whole communication issue with this um, topic, uh, but I will say that students, you know, had told me they're like, yeah, some professors already moved all their classes online, whereas other professors said, I, I have no idea, we're, we're just continuing business as usual. Um, so that's another issue, but, I, I, you know, there were examples certainly where students told me, yeah, like our professor moved, um, you know, our class to this online format with like a virtual chalkboard and we all had mics and they could mute some mics and unmute other mics. And I said, that sounds very complicated. And the student replied, yeah, it was a disaster. I hate it. <laughs> so, I, you know, I don't know the full context of what they were trying to do with that, that class, but um, maybe it, that is working for some students more so than others. Um, again, there's lots of options and some might work better for delivering different types of contents than others. Um, but I think it's really important to ask that for yourself and for the coursework that you're doing. Like, you know, it, it's easy to say, well, we can just record everything or have a virtual classroom where we all Skype in or in conference call or something like that. But I think you want to ask, is that really the most effective way 
to engage students and, and to get your point across and, and to get the, the collaborative information that you want. And it's just a question, you know, it's, it's, a, it, that might be the way, but I think we all have to assess on a case by case basis and, and figure out what, what makes the most sense, uh, for what we're comfortable with, for what's effective for the students. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, again, this is a rapidly developing situation. Um, uh, you know, I as far as I know, again, I I barely read through the full email before <laughs> I hit record. But it seems like in the case of uh, most uh, SUNY public schools, uh, again, that's the New York State public college uh, school system. You know, as far as I read, basically um, most classes will be moved remotely. That can be uh, that they'll be moved online. Um, but again, there's a lot of other considerations uh, to, to take into account. Um, but as far as I read, that will include the, the finals as well. And again, it's easy enough for, for what we're doing in, in writing because um, we have, rather than have students take an in-person final, I have them essentially submit their final work electronically anyways. So it's a relatively easy transitional process. You know, again, I think the real challenge is going to be for instructors who are really hesitant to use online teaching platforms and, you know, just don't have the experience, which is, is not necessarily certainly a fault of their own. Um, but the good thing is, I think, is that the infrastructure is there. The tools are available. It is doable. It's just going to take a little bit, you know, of time and patience. And I think it will be fine, you know, otherwise. So, yeah, very weird situation. And again, I, I think, you know, it, 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 it it's hard to say like, oh, it's ideal that it's happening now because it's not, but at least we have the spring break coming up. It's, uh, what, what's today? Wednesday before spring break. So yeah, I mean, the next few days, I think a lot of us will be hammering out the details of how to make these online transitions. And then, um, you know, certainly over spring break, we'll have more time to, uh, work on that moving forward. So uh, we will see. I, I mean, when we get back from spring break, there's only uh, how many more weeks? I think, yeah, I think we're more than halfway through the semester at that uh, at that point. So uh, not the worst case scenario, but, you know, again, I mean, these types of situations are, are hardly ever ideal. So um, I would be in, very interested to hear what others' experiences are, whether teachers or students. I think, actually, you know, that's a big part of what teachers should be doing is asking students like, oh, what, what do you think might work better or might be useful or um, might be effective for our particular classwork? Not that they have to accept um, such suggestions, but, you know, I'm often very pleasantly pleased by what ideas students come up with, uh, whether I accept those suggestions or not. You know, they have sort of the ground level uh, first-person perspective that I think you, you kind of want to at least get, you want to take into consideration in terms of, you know, their their own perspectives and their ideas on things and um, how they sort of see the situation. And, and again, like I was saying, as that example with that one student who was talking about their class that already moved online with this um, chat room video audio type experience, and you said, yeah, this isn't working <laughs> for me. I, w I would hope that that's something that they would communicate with their instructor, um, y you know, but I, I mean, I don't know how receptive their instructor is to that type of communication. Um, 
for various reasons. I mean, there may be good reasons for that or not. I don't know enough about that situation, but uh, in general, I, I would like my students to tell me like, yeah, what's working, what's not working, what might they like more of, what might they like done differently. So if you are a student and you are listening to this, I am open to suggestions. Um, so please let me know. And if you're an instructor as well, um, I would love to hear your ideas too, particularly if you teach any type of writing, because I know there's a lot of ideas floating out there right now, and uh, I'm sure some are going to work very well. And, and I, I know other instructors who have taught online classes, and they do all sorts of different things than what I do already, uh, and to great effect too. So yeah, um, please let me know what you think. You can comment here. Uh, I'm going to post this on our main uh, site, which is um, uh, podbean.com slash Professor Labs podcast. Uh, you can tweet us tweet at us too at Joe T Labs. Um, and let us know if you have ideas, questions, comments, concerns, whatever. And uh yeah, love to hear from you. But other than that, stay uh safe, stay healthy, and as always, keep learning. Thanks a lot. Bye bye.